to maybe see consumer confidence also at an 11-year low. And um, I think there's been so much hope pinned on how the weak rand would translate into benefits for us because we've always been an export-focused economy. And I think what we've learned over the last couple of years is that the weak rand is not a saving grace for us. Um, our, our job market is just not competitive enough and, and therefore we battle to, to compete um, with much more uh, productive countries on the global stage. And I think one way for us really to approach this problem as, as South Africa is, is to focus on using the other side of the equation of the weak rand, which is really to say, let's try and focus on where we can replace imports into our economy and not have to pay for imports at that very weak rand. Um, so when you look at things like um, focus on beneficiation in the mining industry rather than exporting raw materials and importing finished goods, or we look at something like, for example, famous brands did earlier this week when they bought up a tomato paste factory where South Africa, I think most people were quite surprised to hear that South Africa imports between 30 and 35,000 tons of tomato paste a year. We might not realize it, but that's what goes into all of the tomato sauce and all of the other sauces that we get from, you know, things like Sears and Wimpy and, and, and the other famous brands outlets. But really focusing on those sort of um, sides of our industry, boosting our domestic manufacturing capacity can, of course, have multiple benefits to the economy, um, creating jobs, uh, reducing our, our import bill, and, and, and really just sort of boosting both jobs and, and growth in, in, in one move. All right, Nirin, let's talk about the so-called fourth industrial revolution. What is it and uh, where do we see evidence of this here in South Africa and perhaps uh, greater Africa? Yes, so this is something that's been talked about a lot at things like the, at the World Economic Forum and so just, just maybe in brief, the first industrial revolution was really when we had mechanization using water power, steam power, those sort of things. The second um, industrial revolution was then when we moved onto the assembly line with electricity, mass production of products and so on. And the computer and automation era really introduced the third industrial revolution. Now, this fourth industrial revolution that they're talking about is really where we start looking at things like smart automation. And this is an area where things like fintech, for example, financial technology, really um, starts making an impact. And I think a lot of people are afraid that things like this sort of in, um, fourth industrial revolution and fintech will take jobs out of the equation, like we saw with, with much of the first, second, and third industrial revolution. But the benefit that you find elsewhere in your economy because of smarter ways, gaining productivity and so on, has much bigger and better knock-on effects in your economy than the jobs that it might lose in the initial stage. So when we look at things like financial technology, um, you know, we, we clearly see also that this is a, a powerful way for us to get this much-needed democratization of capital, really making capital available to small businesses, to small and medium enterprises, to entrepreneurs, and those are the guys that are really going to kickstart your economy and especially your, your creating employment and, and jobs in that way. So certainly something which I think as South Africans we should embrace rather than fear the, the potential short-term job losses that it might, uh, might result in. 
All right. In the UK, you really don't know what to expect right now. I mean, I see in the European Parliament, uh, uh, Boris Johnson and uh, Nigel Farage of uh, the UK Independence Party getting a tongue lashing, uh, lashing, being accused of quitting as soon as things became difficult following the result of uh, the Brexit there. And, and of course, a surplus for 2019 cut back now. Now there is a corporate tax rate now that uh, that will be uh, drastically cut. Talk to us about that. So yes, it sounds counterintuitive, you know, that when you're sort of facing a potential um, recession or certainly much lower growth and such a crisis as they do in the UK, um, it seems counterintuitive that they would then turn around and say that maybe we need to drastically cut our corporate tax rates. And I think what George Osborne is looking at is is looking at the example of Ireland, who's got one of the lowest corporate tax rates in the world at just 12.5%. And this has been mooted as one of the main reasons why Ireland has really been so resilient in withstanding economic disasters. Um, and I think in, in effect what you do by lowering your, your corporate tax rate is that you really put putting the money back in the hands of the private sector and allow them to get on with the job of actually creating the jobs and creating the economic growth for you. So that's certainly one of the reasons why Ireland is a very attractive destination for corporates, um, and, and with it, it comes all the growth and the jobs as well. So what they're looking to do in the UK is much the same. Currently, a 20% corporate tax rate, um, looking to, to, to possibly lower that to as low as 15%. And of course, this will make it much lower than the rest of Europe, and clearly it is it's, um, it's aimed at trying to uh, stop the, the potential flow of companies leaving the UK post-Brexit and go to, to Europe or, or other jurisdictions. And, you know, it's just something that made me think that it's something worthwhile maybe considering in South Africa as well. We have so many benefits that we can offer international companies um, and even South African economies and if, companies. And if we really want to sort of create a short circuit this, this road to increasing private sector job exchanges, job growth, um, maybe having a much lower corporate tax rate in South Africa could have the same impact that they've had in Ireland over the last 30 years and possibly what they're trying to do now in England as well. Thank you very much there to Nerina Fisser, strategist at ETF South Africa.